not off. Like a million dollars. Let me check out that ring. What's up, TMZ? How'd you find me, bro? I got my disguise on. What's up, man? TMZ Sports. Hi-hi. Welcome to TMZ Sports. I'm Mike Babcock. My guy, as always, Mojo Mutati. Mojo, we're going to start with Jake Paul. Uh, it's a fight a lot of us watched last weekend, uh, Saturday night, of course, in Dallas, Texas. Jake Paul beat Nate Diaz in a 10-round boxing match by unanimous decision. But Mojo, we know after the fight, Jake Paul was not content with just that boxing victory. And he once again reiterated that he has $10 million to give Nate Diaz. And he wants those uh, and he wants the guys to step in a cage, a PFL cage, and actually take an MMA fight. Now, a lot of people have questioned uh, what Jake is doing, what he's talking about, and why he'd want to go up against a guy who has been fighting MMA uh, for years. But Jake actually, Mojo, believes that he can win. And this is something that he once again kind of doubled down. Uh, He was on his brother uh, Logan Paul's Impulsive podcast recently, and he made a rather bold statement. If I can prepare for it, the crazy thing about it, I've, I've done the calculations in my head. We start standing up. I learn kicks, right? I learn how to defend kicks. I'm beating his ass standing up clear as day in boxing. He tries to get close to me. I can just stick and move. He tries to take me down. My takedown defense and takedowns are better than his. I will just simply have to watch out for his uh, guillotine because that's he has a really good guillotine. So you've already fought this fight. Yeah, no, 100%. And that's why, seriously, with a, with eight to nine months of training, I know I could be Nate Diaz in Eight MMA. to nine months of training? Yeah. I appreciate your ambition. It's inspiring. Uh, doesn't seem like his brother has all the faith in him, Mojo, but, I mean, clear as day. Jake said you give him eight, nine months, and he'll, he'll beat Nate Diaz in an MMA fight. Listening to that clip, Babcock, I have no idea whether to talk about Jake and Nate or Jake and Logan here, which (laughs) is the hotter topic right now, which of these two pairs are at greater odds. And, you know, I think they're, I think I have to choose the rift between Jake and Logan right now, but to start and keep the focus on this MMA fight. I mean, yeah, the ambition to say that in eight or nine months, You can take out somebody that has been doing this for literally over a decade who is one of the accomplished and most popular MMA fighters in the world. A guy who has been inside an octagon with the greatest names in his division ever. Yeah. I don't know about that comment. I mean, look, I was there in Dallas and Jake Paul showed out. He won the fight. I I think, in my opinion, he absolutely deserved to win the fight. You've seen a few people question that online. I am not one of them. But Jake won the fight. Jake won that fight. You got to be like, yeah, I I agree with you. It was it was clear as day to me as well. But in an MMA ring, that is probably going to be a different story. I mean, we're talking about apples and oranges here. I mean, even standing, it's a completely different game. Boxing gloves versus MMA gloves. The threat of kicks and submissions and takedowns, you can't fight the same way. You can't stand there as sure-footed when you know your legs could be taken at any second. It is just a completely different game. Anything Jake hung his hat on the first time around 
he can't necessarily do that the same way inside an MMA fight. So I, I, I don't know about that one, Babcock. Ambitious, the word Logan used, uh, I, I think that's perfect. That's the perfect word here. Yeah, it's actually funny. Jake said the one thing I need to watch out for is his guillotine. And we showed you, Mojo, as as you were talking in the 10th round, uh, Nate did actually put Jake in a guillotine. Uh, Here it goes. And Jake said that that was in there tight. And and make no mistake about it, if that had been an actual MMA fight, Jake would have tapped out or he would have went unconscious because that was in there deep. And and that certainly was a submission. But it wasn't an MMA fight. and, and, And Jake Paul was not guarding against that anyway you've known uh, you've heard what we think um what does somebody who has actually been in the uh, octagon before with nate diaz what does he think about what jake paul said about the eight to nine months uh i talked uh, yesterday mojo to uh rda rafael dos años the former lightweight champion he has a fight coming up. He's still fighting, uh, still at the top of his game. I asked him that very question. Hey, is this? Is there anything to what Jake Paul said? Here's RDA. As a guy who beat Nate Diaz, is that is that possible for a guy who has some high school wrestling experience but has not uh, trained, uh, you know, anything on the ground to actually uh, train? I, I don't people? think so. I don't think so. I don't think uh, I watched the results. I didn't watch the whole fight. But I don't, I don't, he can train for, uh, Nate is a fighter, you know, he, he got good jiu-jitsu, he has that, that mentality, the fighter mentality. It's a real fight, man. When you, when you go to the ground and elbows and knees, it's a different game. It's a different game, man. I don't think, I think Jake Paul can train as much as he, he wants. He don't be Nate on an MMA fight. There it is, Mojo. If, if they didn't believe you, you've got RDA saying it. It's a high hill to climb for Jake Paul, but knowing Jake and knowing his mentality, this won't stop him, Mojo, and I I don't know if he can do it or not, but I I do think he is going to try, and I do think that we will watch Jake Paul and Nate Diaz fight in an MMA fight sometime in the near future. I don't like this segment because OJ Simpson is forcing me to agree with him, but here we are. So, uh, Mojo, we know uh, yesterday Henry Ruggs was sentenced in that horrific uh, case where uh, he was driving drunk uh, nearly 160 miles an hour and a 23-year-old woman, Tina Tintor, lost her life. Well, we know Henry Ruggs, who was apologetic in court, was sentenced to three to ten years. And he could, uh, just like the sentence sounds, he could get out after three years on parole. A lot of people believe, Mojo, that that sentence was, and I think both of us, believe that that sentence was just not stiff enough. And uh, count O.J. Simpson in that group. O.J. Simpson, Mojo, coming out and questioning how he, for a charge where nobody was hurt, how he received a 9 to 33-year prison sentence. And obviously, Henry Ruggs, much, 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 much less. Now, we're going to hear from O.J. in just a second. If you're not familiar with the case, we're not talking about the Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman murder in the mid-90s. No, we're talking about that incident in Vegas, 2007, the Palace Station Hotel, where O.J. Simpson had a gun and he went into somebody else's hotel room because he said that they had property that belonged to him. Well, O.J. was hit with a bunch of charges, kidnapping, a bunch of other serious charges, and ultimately got 9 to 33 years. Now, he was released after 9 years mojo he does not understand why his sentence was so much longer than henry ruggs when somebody in that case 
lost their life. Here is Orenthal James Simpson. I know I went to college on a football scholarship, but somehow this map is not adding up to me. You're driving a car at roughly 160 miles an hour on a public street and end up killing a girl and her dog and you get three to 10 years. You go to a hotel room that you're invited to to retrieve your own personal stolen property and you get nine to 33 years. Same courthouse, same city, same state. I don't know. Somehow it just does not add up to me. Yeah, and Mojo, he is not joking when he says it's the same state, it's the same city, and yes, it was actually the same courthouse. I will say this, a lot of people believe that because O.J. Simpson was acquitted in Los Angeles of the double murder, Although this was not a sentencing for that crime, many people believe, Mojo, that uh, the judge was actually effectively punishing O.J. for what he believed was uh, him committing a double murder. And that's why he gave him such a stiff sentence. I don't know. It was nine to 33 years, Mojo. And you just heard what O.J. said. Yeah, I mean, that would certainly make sense. But taking it back to Henry Ruggs, I mean... (laughs) You know it's a light sentence when even O.J. Simpson thinks it's a light sentence. I mean, you think about all the crimes in the world that have been committed that receive punishments of longer than just a few years. I mean, my goodness, the the death of a poor, innocent woman and her dog in the most horrific way. I still can't get over the fact that it was just three to 10 years given. And when it's all said and done, you know the total time served is going to be closer to that three-year mark. So we're talking about Henry Ruggs getting out of prison, having served his full sentence, uh, given what just happened. But yeah, I'm with you, pal. I I hate the fact that you got to agree with OJ Simpson of all people on this one. I got to think this isn't the only surprising name out there that we would tend to agree with on that. I don't know too many people that have publicly gone out there and stated that this sentence is adequate or or even yeah. too much. I'm, I think I'm yet to see a single person to say that. You've obviously seen some of Henry's, you know, current or former teammates show up to support him. Yeah. Those people even had to have thought that this was a light sentence as well. Uh, just, just crazy that this is the situation here. And yeah. again, just- You know, Mojo, and to play dead devil's advocate, and, and that's probably a very, very appropriate, uh, your way to describe this, the the argument would be that O.J. Simpson made a conscious decision to get a gun, to enter somebody else's hotel room, and to take some property. Now, again, O.J. has always maintained that that was his property, in fact, that had been stolen from him, but he made the conscious decision to, to, uh, to, to do that action, whereas Henry Ruggs, although he made the decision to get behind the wheel, he was obviously not in his right mind because he was, uh, again, was driving with a 0.161 blood alcohol content over twice the legal limit. Though, Henry Ruggs obviously made the decision to start drinking that night and made still, despite being impaired, a terrible decision to get in the car and to then drive fast. I I don't know, Mojo, it's just three years just doesn't feel like it's enough. Coming up. 
Coming up next on TMZ Sports, we told you that Italian officials wanted the Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg fight to go down at the 2,000-year-old Roman Colosseum. Well, now Dana White is revealing that he actually had conversations with the Ministry of Culture in Italy. Dana White and Mike Tyson talking about what could be one of the biggest fights of all time. We're going to hear from the guys next on TMZ Sports. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of Big Give Week's 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Welcome back to TMZ Sports, Mike and Mojo. Mojo, we've talked about the Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg fight for weeks now, and we told you, we told everybody out there that there were actual active conversations being had between officials in Italy and Dana White, Mark Zuckerberg, and Elon Musk about actually having the fight at that building right there, the near 2,000-year-old Roman Colosseum. And, you know, a lot of people said, no, that's not happening. That's cap. It's not real. Well, now Dana White mojo has actually gone on the record and has uh, confirmed that he did, in fact, have those conversations uh, the UFC Hancho was recently on Mike Tyson's Hot Boxing with Mike podcast when the uh, topic of Zuck and Musk came up. Take a look. We were talking about the Coliseum uh-huh. for that fight, and I actually did have a meeting with the uh, it's the Minister of Cultures team really? in in Italy uh, to actually hold that fight and the Coliseum if, if it would happen. So, but how are they going to fight? You're going all out of your boxing. No, it'd be, it'd be it, MMA. Yeah. Oh yeah. Don't oh, see wow. that one. No way, man. I want to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're talking, but think about how big that fight is. Two of the richest, most powerful guys in the wow. are going to, are going to fight for it. on the biggest stage. You ever. Pay for that fight? Everybody yeah. would. <laughs> doesn't want to see that. Fight. There it is. Mojo clear as day. Minister of culture. First of all, shout out to my guy, DJ Who Kid, chopping it up with Mike Tyson and Dana White. Would have liked to have been in that room, Bad Yeah, right. There were some shenanigans after they finished up. <laughs> but yeah, man, the Coliseum. I, I mean, right, that just seems like a suitable place for these two titans of industry to battle it out, much like it used to go down years before. Of course, now with everything going on with Elon Musk, who knows if we're ever going to actually get this fight. But yeah, if you're going to do this, this would be the biggest sporting event of all time, if you're asking me. It will have more eyes on it than any Super Bowl, like times 10, you know. So you got to find a venue that just makes a ton of sense here. I think you need to construct a new stadium that holds like 500,000 to uh, to have this one. But taking it to the Coliseum would be cool logistically. 
I'm very curious to see how this is going to work. It's not like there's seats anymore in the Coliseum. It's uh, pretty worn down over the years, but I'm sure they could uh, come up with something pretty crafty here to cram as many people into that venue to, uh, to make it work. That being said, I have no idea what that would be. Pitch, he's saying. One more pitch. One more pitch. The 3 2 pitch. Swung on, popped up. Shallow center field. Rojas sprinting it. He's under it. He has space. Makes the catch. And Michael Lorenzen has thrown the 14th no hitter in Philadelphia Phillies history. He is being mobbed by his teammates as the Phillies shut out the Nationals 7 0. Mojo, that was an awesome moment. I mean, when you throw a no-hitter, it's it's obviously it's a, a historic moment. But this one was even cooler because the pitcher, Michael Lorenzen, that was just his second start that he's made for the Phillies earlier in the month, uh, August 1st. As a matter of fact, he was traded from the Detroit Tigers to the Phillies. And uh, he, he's kind of just getting to know all of his new teammates. And what's he do? Second start, throws a no-hitter. Uh, it was an absolutely awesome moment, Mojo. Really, really cool. Didn't love that this came against my uh, hometown Washington Nationals, but the rest <laughs> of the story, absolutely incredible. I mean, a no-hitter, we don't have to go into detail about how special that is and how seldom that actually happens. But what I will go into detail on is my concern for this young man. I mean, where do you go from right. here? How do you measure success in Perfect a game, game after this? A no-hitter in your second start. I mean, you've set the bar as high as it possibly can go. Because I'm going to go out on a limb here, Babcock, and I'm going to guess that he's probably going to start another game after this. I'm yes. not sure he's going to yes. done anything better in a game like this. I mean, <laughs> it's the term no hitter. That's what that means. But uh, wow, what a, what a special night. Yeah, it's it's remarkable. I, I guess he could throw a perfect game, obviously, when you've got a no hitter. You have people reach base. Perfect game. Nobody gets on base. But uh, yeah, th this was absolutely awesome. Now, he was clearly super excited. That was genuine excitement. You know, how does the rest of the team feel? That's the question. Uh, we have some uh, reaction from inside the locker room, starting with Philly skipper Rob Thompson. Mike, unbelievable, bro. Two outings here. Eatings, first time, saved our bullpen. Nine tonight, no hitter. Unbelievable. Welcome to Philadelphia, buddy. Appreciate it, guys. Um, JT, incredible. You've got me twice. Second time, no, no. Um, they're hitting missiles, but thankfully they're just a center field. <laughs> thankfully they were all to center field, so good defense. Um, but JT, like, that's incredible, man. Appreciate you. Love you, brother. Love you guys. Thank you for being so welcoming. It means a lot. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Mojo, I'm, I'm actually just hearing now that they have knocked down the Rocky statue in Philadelphia and erected a Michael Lorenzen statue. <laughs> Oh, man, well, that, that might cause some riots. I mean, Rocky Balboa in Philly, I mean, not even a real human being, but the greatest sports legend in the history of the city. Yeah, it says something about Philadelphia, doesn't it? Uh, obviously, yeah, it does. Just just <laughs> add in that subtle dig. Big Giants fan, always holding it down. I like where your head is. I do the same thing with Maryland. Uh, obviously, an awesome thing for Mike, and as incredible as the game was, the 
the the speech afterwards resonates just as much uh pretty much throwing all the success and the tribute there to to his teammates thanking them for supporting him uh being able to be lifted up like this uh just just cool precedent going forward big fan of this guy All right, Mojo, we are just about out of time. The hair is looking great, I must say. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it as a hair guy, Mojo. Uh, I right, get on anyway. your level, brother. <laughs> you know I do. Uh, Mojo, we are out of time. Uh, tomorrow, though, we got a good one. We heard from Sugar Sean O'Malley. Uh, look how much taller Sean O'Malley is. Uh, these two guys are fighting for that title at UFC 292 next weekend in Boston. O'Malley and Sterling have been going back and forth for years. And now they are about to fight on the biggest stage for the absolute biggest of prizes. We heard how Sugar thinks he's going to win tomorrow. We are going to be joined by the champion himself, Aljamain Sterling Mojo. Lots of questions about this highly anticipated fight. I cannot wait. Aljamain Sterling, a bunch of other big stories. It's going to be a great show. Absolutely, Babcock bringing on the champ ahead of the big fight should make for the best show since today.